With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Good morning from Coolidge, Arizona on December the 15th, 2019. Oh, it's a fine day down here. We've been emphasizing in our last few weeks the need for decision-making on specifics. People like generalities, but we deal with specifics. We have to have decisions, decision-making regarding getting on the way, the way that leads to glory. We have to, once we are on the way, we have to stay on the way. And that means with making decisions that keep us on the way. That never ends. But life begins on the way. Jesus said, and I'm paraphrasing, if, if you are on the way, then he says, you shall never die. That's the hope of the Christian. They are on the way. Things get tough. And as Dottie Rambo says, if you can just make it, one more tear or one more day or just keep on for one more mile. I don't think this is exactly how she says it in her song. Or one more hour. Then you can lay your burden down. That's what Christians hope for. And then the doors to glory open wide. What a thrill that will be. We'll even see Merwin teaching the angels how to sing. That'll be the day. What a day, what a day that shall be. <laughs> but you see, we shall behold him. That means nothing to you if you're not focused on Jesus the Christ the Son of the living God. But it means everything to you if you believe that Jesus is the Christ. That means everything to you that you shall behold him. If you are on the way and stay on the way all the way to the gate of death or the gate to life. And then when those gates open, there he is to receive you. Now, folks, that's not my message. But it's God's message. That's the heart of the gospel, and that's what we should know how to deliver, how to preach, and we should have a commitment to be telling and asking people if they are on the way. Try that sometime. Are you on the way? Don't say any more than that. Get a response. And, and then go off from the response. Take away the hostility that the, that the secularists have. I read an article, in fact, I've got it here, just this morning, that uh, secularism has overtaken all the millennial population. 
But folks, we need to break those barriers down, and we can do it by being smart. They, they're fed up with organized religion, and I don't blame them. Dave, what's the definition for secular? No religion, no God. Everything is focused on life without God. And the here, the now, the circle that surrounds you. Yeah, just here. Making money, which is fine. We have to have it. I'd like to have some more. Um, but, you see, we, we have to, folks, we, this, is a, this means nothing if we're not on the way and stay on the way, all the way, all the way. And we never know when those gates are going to open for you and for me. We never know. It could be on your way home today. Last Sunday, I came down from uh, from uh, Sun Lakes, and there was probably the worst accident I've ever seen. In a stretch where there should have never been an accident, just one mile south of Hunt Road. I can't believe, and it was still, and that was at, uh, you know, about 8 o'clock in the morning, because I leave early. <laughs> And at 1.30, it, they were still cleaning up the mess. All morning long while we were in here dancing, they were cleaning up the mess. They had had to cut the roof of one of the cars, you know, with the big, whatever they call that instrument. Uh, what a mess. Those folks were not anticipating coming to the end of their life last Sunday. You never know. And folks, why do we take the risk? It isn't worth it. Dottie Rambo has another song, you know, now that I'm on her. Um, there's too much to gain to lose. Remember that? I used that in my um, retirement message. Had that song played. Greg put it together for us. There's too much to gain to lose. So much to gain. To see and behold the face of our Savior when we come to the end of life. There's too much to gain, to lose. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I'm going through a rough time, but hang on, because sometime, if you're faithful all the way through, you can lay your burden down. Good morning. Good morning to you, David. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Carolyn? Carolyn's coming down maybe later in January. Okay. Rick, it's so good to see you. I thought about you this morning when I drove by the gate. Yes. I was wondering whether you had lived and already gone to glory. 
fight does. Good, <laughs> good. Are you going to work for the uh, Parks Division? Yeah, yeah. So, middle of February, probably. Okay, yeah. great. Fantastic to see you. Good, yeah, it's nice to be back here. Now, phase two of this introduction is that if you are a doctor, you can fix somebody's life up to last another 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and if they're young enough, 60 years. But as a minister of the gospel, of which you can all be a part of, you can fix somebody's life up to last forever. Amen. But the question is, do you do it? You see, that's how, that's how value getting on the way and staying on the way, all the way, is so vital. We can bring somebody to the knowledge of Christ and Christ can make their lives eternal. You shall never, never die. And then he says, on the other hand, some of you are dead while you liveth. That's because they're not on the way. And that's the theme of the book of Acts. Remember, the way is the secondary theme to the book of Acts. We need to grasp that, hold to it, promote it, and be very specific in our delivery of it. Folks, that's where the hope is. David, your thoughts make me remember how Christ acted, at least the way that it's recorded in our word, is that very, very seldom did he ever approach, he was approached, I mean, I'm talking about, not by his disciples, but from outsiders. And his response was always perfect. His response was always fitting for the occasion. He was always ready. So true. And the reason that he was approached was because of his actions mm -hmm. and because of, of how he was and who he was. And our character can separate us in any environment situation you will be asked if you do the two rule if you follow the two rules you'll be noticed now let's let's just just take a moment now i, I want to get down to the rainbow today we've been trying for three weeks rick that's your fault <laughs> <laughs> you know i had a a story this week I've been worried about my memory because since I had that stroke, I, you know, I lost a lot of brain. Well, <laughs> I didn't have a lot to lose, but uh, but the the point is that what I had, I you know, it got real fuzzy. But just a day or two ago, uh, Pam was telling me about some neighbors that we had 30 years ago. Oh, I said, oh, you mean Larry? You know, I, and I wondered how did I remember that after so many years. Pat and Larry Hafner, strong Catholic family, wonderful people, wonderful people. 
and uh, they were great neighbors, great neighbors. Anyhow, <clears throat> I, su I suppose you were expecting me to say something negative, but I, I don't do that. Uh, there are systems of, of evil that I think need to be exposed, but that's not the time to do it. So, we, we have to remember that we have within our hands the capability of introducing to people a life that never ends. No doctor can do that. No psychiatrist can do that. No surgeon can do that. But you can. Think of the power. That's power. Where you can encourage someone to make the right decisions and they can live their eternity facing the Lord. I don't know about you, but if you haven't got chills on your back, you, you're numb. I don't think I answered your, didn't finish your thought, Nolan. I think we had another place to go there. Can you remember? Did I not finish? David, what inspired me, what got me thinking on my comment was when you said early in the class of simply asking someone if they were on the way yeah. and leaving it at that. Yeah. And I guess if nothing else, you'll get a response. On the way where? Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to be, uh, you see, living in faith and with God's example of not intruding in our life in any way, we have to be careful not to be intruders. I couldn't agree more. I, it's, it's as difficult. This class helps. And I'm trying to think of ways, of questions that we can ask that are not intrusive, where people can interpret it any way they choose without being, without turning hostile. Because we want to we want to move people out of hostility into where they will listen. And that's why I said we are living in a secular society today. Yes. By the way, Rick, I want to say something nice about you. I don't often do that. But after you had left, we went down to... Um, Neil and I went down to a restaurant down here and a lot of your people that you work with were in there having breakfast or lunch or lunch. something. Yeah, lunch. Lunch? Mm -hmm. What was there, maybe five or six? Yeah. or Seems like, you know, it's been quite a while ago, just right after you left. And uh, I asked them if they had seen you. And they had nothing but praise and glory for you oh, and Carolyn. Yeah, I think that was worthwhile saying. You see, that, that's, a, that's the kind of an example you want to set because that's the process of, I hate this term, but of mellowing people out if they have a hostility toward the gospel. Our first object is to take away the hostility. You can't introduce any, any new ideas any new truth to people if they're hostile towards you. 
You see what I'm... Can't do that. Now, Mary... And argue conclusions. What? And argue conclusions. You can't do that. Which is another fine lesson. It's a no, no, no. That's a no, no, no. Mary agrees. I, I can see that Mary agrees with that. She's smart. She's on top of it. So, remember that life begins once you enter the way. There are specifics as to how we enter the way. There are no barriers. Anyone can enter the way. They have to confess their sin before the Lord and be buried with him in Christian baptism where they have access to the perpetual blood of Christ by confessing their sin once they're on the way and Christ has promised to forgive us. You can live all the way to glory. You can live with hope every day of your life that if your life is snuffed out on this earth, you are right in the hands of the Lord. Why not live that way? Why not be there all of your life? I don't see anything wrong with that. Do you? What's wrong with being right when you're 14? What's wrong with being right when you're 20? Be right your whole life, on the way, your whole life, and stick to it, and it won't happen unless you make a decision. We have to be a decision-making people. Now, back to the struggle. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Glad to have everybody on board this morning. And we want to uh, cover some verses in Acts chapter 19. Verse 12, um, just to pick up, I think we actually start with verse 13 this morning, but so that uh, in verse 12, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the worthless elements went out of them. I think, didn't we discuss that last week? I don't think we need to do that again today. Uh, We talked about the verse 11, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, and I told you about what happened in verse 13, uh, the handkerchiefs and aprons and the diseases, all of, all of those things were departing uh, from the people who had them. And we added the miracle of Jesus from, I think, Matthew 9, verse 22, maybe. Uh, we don't need to go there. But where that woman who had the issue of blood, what part, what part of his garment did she go to? The wings. The wings. The wings. The wings. Oh, you remember that. That's great. And you see, that's from the Hebrew word. You don't pick that up in the English, and the translations don't get that. But when you understand that the same word in the Hebrew is wings, and the Bible, does it talk about the wings of God under his wings? We have a song, under his wings I am safely abiding, right? Do we know that song? Sing it, Nolan. Under his wings we are safely abiding. Oh, you got it. That's it. It's kind of off key, but that's okay. 
Well, you get what you pay for. <laughs> I think I'll up the ante on that. <laughs> but you see, that's good. That's good. That's nice. That's a great illustration. Um, Under his wings I am safely abiding. And it was those garments in the, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the English are never translated wings, but that same word in the Greek that's used in the Hebrew, the word is the wings. And um, we, we want to abide in the wings to keep us safe from the evils of the world. We have to make a choice and decision to remain in and under the wings of God. Jesus said to the Jerusalem, Oh, I wish I could gather you together. And it's not said, but under my wings as a mother hen does her chicks. Isn't that beautiful? You see, that's the part of the gospel sometimes we don't delight in. But that's the part that touches people's lives. It ought to touch my life. It ought to touch your life. you have anything wrong with that, Mary? Good. Because if you did, I was going to work you over. Okay. <laughs> In verse 13, then, then certain of the vagabond Jews, now that means people who just travel from place to place, um, that would be a lot like I would like to be, you know. I, I like I, my favorite song is "On the Road Again." You like that song? Anybody like that road? Oh, I love that song. And when I head out to Oregon, I play that from here all the way to Bakersfield, over and over. I'm I'm on the road again. Um, but I like to travel. I like to see new people. I like to meet new people. I like to talk to new people. I like to be in new places and talk to people in new places. I just really enjoy that. I'm probably at my best when I'm doing that. On the road again. These were Jews that were on the road, and they were professional exorcists. That means to cast out. Now, I want to say, what was that? No, sir. Not professional. Not professionals. <laughs> Unprofessionally uh, trained and schooled in the end. Yep. I want to <clears throat> introduce an idea now. I'm not going to develop it, just throw out 1 John 3, 8, I think. Um, you can go to there and let's take a look at it. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, uh, the... Um, I just want to make a statement or two. And then you can throw your tomatoes. I love controversy. You probably never guessed that. But one thing that neutralizes my controversial spirit is that... Um, I don't expect everybody to agree with me. And I'll still like you anyhow. Not much, but some. 
You're a little slow this morning. <laughs> All right. Um, what verse did I say? I can't see where the 8 is. Okay. The one who uh, the one who practices sin is the cherished element of our society. That's not somebody didn't agree with that. It is of the devil. That's non non-existent, right? By the way, when did the devil's demise take place? Fall of Jerusalem. Fall of Jerusalem. At the fall of Jerusalem. I bet you didn't know that. It says so. It's prophetic. That doesn't mean that his work isn't carried on. But Satan was cast into the pit and destroyed um, at the same time that the city of Jerusalem was destroyed. Anybody know what book that's found in? Don't be bashful. Book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. And Daniel. And Daniel. Yeah. So that's an important thing to remember. So the devil as an entity ended with the fall of Jerusalem. Who's carrying his work on now? You and me. We have the capability of it. If we choose to do that. But one who practices sin is of the devil, and this was written prior to the fall of Jerusalem. Right? Absolutely. Okay. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Moving away from the beginning, Satan had sinned. That was his nature, was to live in rebellion against God. You need to have my notes on the um, heavenly host. The devil is from the beginning... Uh, for the Son of God, for the, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, the Son of God appeared for this purpose. The Son of God, who might that be? Jesus. The Son of God is whom? Jesus. He's the Son. He is the Son, not a Son. We have all become, who are here, a Son. But he is the Son, and we become joint heirs with the Son if we are a Son. Get that? <laughs> if you want to be a joint heir with the glory that Christ returned to after his ascension, if you want to be a participant in that glory, you must be a Son. I love the doubt. It's just swelling the room. No, no, not really. All right. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, that you could have a Christmas day and get lots of presents. <laughs> you know, I can't even re- I can't even remember most of my of most of the Christmases I had. 
I can only remember one that I had when I was a child. And, you know, we had them every year. My folks kept Christmas. Um, and uh, But I don't remember them. They come and go, and you forget. I do remember, I think, one. Uh, you know, if I thought about it, maybe two. But the Son of God appeared for this purpose. And do we remember this at Christmas? To destroy what? The works of Satan. Yeah. He came to destroy. How many times is that a part of our Christmas theme? That he came to destroy the works of the devil. Did he accomplish that? Well, Revelation says he did. And what was the work particularly is, is Satan's power to work through the human element against the human element's decision. He could invade Nolan and Mary's life without their permission. He could invade Rick's life without his permission. And when it came to Nancy and to Merwin, oh, he had access to people that he could use at will. You see, that's why he wanted to destroy the works of the devil because the works of the devil is what Satan could do whether you liked it or not. Now, if we follow, a re follow in his steps of being rebellious against God, it's by whose choice? Our choice. Because he's no longer making that choice. Say, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. And actually, David, you, you have alluded to this. It's been your study. You haven't really pushed it on any of us. But the, the post-70 A.D. era is very different for us. Oh, because of what happened. It's in the situation happened. of faith. Mm -hmm. And a lot of old superstitions and scary stories, uh, that's all they are now. That's right. Yeah, we've. I appreciate your thought that we haven't forced that on you. No, it has to be something. I, I don't think it's a condition of faith, but I do, I do believe that it deepens your understanding of who Jesus was and what He accomplished. That's right. And also the forcefulness and the directness of the word. Man, we just ignore it sometimes, don't we? We yeah. just ignore the conclusion. The truth is exciting. Our breaking into realms of truth are exciting. We have a long ways to go. I will not live long enough to accomplish it all. 
And so when I go through Acts and why it's taken us so long, it's not just Rick's fault, but why it's taken us so long and we're only in chapter 19, after four years of being on the book of Acts, is because I'm bringing things in that I know I'm not going to get to in my lifetime otherwise. <laughs> That's kind of sneaky, isn't it? <laughs> David, my whole life growing up in the Christian church that my mother and father took, took me to, over and over I was taught, the devil is a, like a roaring lion looking to devour. Yep. Wherever that comes from, I can't remember where that came from. Yeah. And that and that was taught to be believed. Yeah, and that was true when that was written. But it was true when it was written. That's the that's the punchline. Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. But that part wasn't taught. That's right. Yeah, we we didn't have the rightly the scriptures rightly and properly divided. And we have that we have missed that decision. I mean that that division point between what happened after, before and after 70 A.D. We just have not dealt with that. Our Bible colleges have not dealt with that. So we need to start dealing with it, but we have to be careful. I know, no Neil has told me about a case that he knows where a preacher came in and told his church, uh, maybe the leaders of the church, that he believed this, this, and this, and this, and they just kicked him out. I don't blame them. Because he didn't, he didn't prepare them. He didn't give them time. He had some good ideas. Neil, is that kind of accurate? That's right. That's right. I was not there, but Neil knew about it, so first, more like firsthand. Um, so we have to be careful, have to be careful, because what we want to do is get people to so love the Word and cherish the Word, because the, the Word is so beautiful. It is total harmony. It's like music well sung. The timing and the beauty of the harmony just can't be excelled in the scriptures. Okay, got to go on. So he came to destroy the works of the devil. And the work of Satan working through demons. Demons are in the neuter gender, which means they had no person within themselves, but they were objects that he could work through. And that's why Jesus or the disciples were commissioned to the casting out of demons because that was destroying the literal, actual, direct work of Satan in the lives of people, getting them to do what they had no choice in. So that, I'm trying to define what the work of the devil was. Working through the demons and the beast of the book of Revelation are always in the neuter gender too. And you have agents working through those elements. The beast that came out of the sea. And you know all of those stories. You know, so often it's the lamb in neuter gender as, it's, as a representation. That's true. 
and that's what that's how the beasts work, and that's how the that's how many of the demons work. It's a repre representation in a lot of ways. It's and a vehicle. It's a blank canvas. It's a it's being con it's. And Jesus is uh, as the lamb is used generally in the masculine gender, but he is used in the neuter gender where. Now this is the texture. That's where it's specifically dealing with the representation of the. And that's when he's on the throne with God, the lamb is in neuter gender. Now, see, now, now we have to add another thing, because we've got Christmas coming up, right? When... This one's my fault. Yeah, this, one's, this, this one is Alex's fault. So, remember this, that... Jesus was not always in the masculine gender, nor was he all, or in this one time in Revelation when he's on the throne with the Father, is he in neutral gender because he's then a representative of the Father. See, that's why neuter gender. The gender changes according to function. See? Elders, elders are masculine individually, but as a group, they're in the feminine gender. Now, when Jesus was masculine most of, uh, as the lamb, masculine most of the time, and, but there was a time when he was something else. And that was when he was in the womb of Mary. He was in the feminine gender. Now, you go chew on that. The only, Why? The only person that ever was. The only person who was ever in the womb in the feminine gender. Folks, I, you can't defeat, you can't argue against this. It's, it's provable. I can prove it to you from the Greek. This was the account with uh, John the Baptist's mother and Mary sure. while she was carrying. Christ. And John the Baptist was in the neuter gender. But Jesus was in the feminine gender. Why? Because he was born of the seed of Mary. How many of you knew that? Feminine gender. You've heard me say that before. You've been hanging around. That's the first uh, prophecy in Genesis, isn't it? Oh, in, in, uh, in Genesis? Uh, not the gender aspect of it. But being but born the, of the seed be, of the woman. To be born of the seed of the woman is. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's true. That's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Okay. i got to keep going. I want to get to the rainbow. Remember I said that a child who is crying... When the crying ends and it turns to laughter, is the human equivalent to a rainbow. Now, what I meant by that was that we're going to experience that here. Remember, I said that three weeks ago. You thought I'd forgot it. That'll be the day. Now, and so there were seven sons. Oh no, I, I gotta I gotta go back. Um, and there, yeah, okay. And so we adjure you. They had evil spirits. 
and they wanted to call on them, over should be on, it's epi, call on them the name of the Lord, saying, we adjure you. And, and you see that word, adjure, means I'm going to put you on notice to perform something according to my wishes. That word adjure. I'm going to put something, I'm going to put you on notice. You must perform according to my wish. To make an oath. I'm just angry, I'm putting it into my paraphrase. All right. So, they wanted to obligate what Paul was doing. They wanted to obligate these evil spirits to what they were saying and obligating them to it to have the same accomplishment as what Paul was having. Now that's quite a trick. Let's go back. So that's what they were wanting to do, and they they were saying we want we want to obligate you by what Jesus is do, uh, by what pre- Paul is preaching. We want to obligate you to the same event and to the same consequences as what Paul is getting when he uses the word Jesus. So we're placing that name over you all to obligate you to our wishes. And he was saying in verse 14, there are some folks doing that. Verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, I recognize Jesus. Now folks, this this will get you. I recognize the evil spirit the uh, the worthless entity, the worthless element, answered and said to them, "I recognize Jesus, and don't don't get excited here because you're going to find out what who's really speaking is that it is the man speaking, but it's speaking through this evil spirit. You see." Satan had control of this man and what this man said and the spirit was simply the vehicle through which he said this under the authority of, well, Satanism. I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul. But who are you? Oh, I love that. Who are you folks? I don't know you. And the man in whom the evil spirit, uh, in whom was the evil spirit, the man in whom was the evil spirit, the man, see it was the man who was able to mouth what the worthless element was inducing, leaped upon them and subdued all of them and overpowered these seven sons so that they fled out of that house.
all of them with $10,000 bills and kicking their heels high. Oh, no. They fled out of that house naked and wounded. You see, evil destroys evil if we let it. We always get in the way of the process. But you see, here you have one evil spirit giving strength to a man in whom that evil spirit had been set. And he overcomes seven of the evil spirits that were representation of the priesthood of Israel. And the effect is the rainbow. After all of the struggle, after all of the struggle, this evil spirit overcame the seven evil spirits and this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Is that a rainbow or what? And the people all said, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.